Hallelujah. And I just want us to take a moment to pray right now as we look to the living Christ this morning with every need that we have in our lives today. I especially want to ask us to pray for a few um, that, that really need the intervention of God today. Um, Bertita Staten, um, her husband Leo passed away just the other day. I, I, I was able to pray with Bertita this morning, just praying for God's grace and God's comfort in her life. Married 46 years and her, her husband suddenly passed this week. For Alan Barber, who's having major surgery and he just really needs the covering of the Lord over his life this week. Um, we have a number of families who are sick with COVID in their homes and quarantining right now. And uh, so glad that Pastor Guy is able to be back with us. We need to continue to pray for Natasha and his, his family. Of course, Kim and I are so appreciative of your prayers as we just went through our own battle um, over the past few weeks. But um, we have families like that. Um, pray for Natasha. Also, Kim and I would ask you to pray for Kim's uncle, John Osterberg, who who this week was um, was um, uh, told he has stage four lung cancer. And um, so it looks like he possibly doesn't have too much time left. Uh, he knows the Lord and praying for him, though, praying for the same power that raised Christ from the dead to quicken his body today. Amen. Maybe you have a need in your life online. You have a need in your life here in the sanctuary. If you do, would you just lift a hand in faith this morning, just saying, Jesus, I put my trust in you today. I look to you as my living Savior today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, I pray this morning for every need in this house. I pray this morning for every need here among us and for those who cannot be here with us. We pray for Bertita this morning, that you would be to her the God of, of, of all comfort, that the peace of Christ would surround her today and fill her heart. We pray for Alan Barber, God, that you would minister to him, that you would keep him safe through this surgery. God, that you would help him in every way, God. We pray for families right now who are struggling with this virus, God, an insidious virus that has, has spread and is affecting so many lives. God, we pray for them today that you would bring healing and strength and renewal. We especially pray for Natasha this morning, God, that you would raise her up, God, that you would heal her body completely. And we do pray for Kim's uncle, John Osterberg. God, we know the doctors have given a negative report, but we know with you, Jesus, there is always hope that you are able to give a positive report, even a report of victory. So we do pray that the same power that raised Christ from the dead would quicken him today in body, mind, soul, and spirit for his wife, Annie. God, that you would cover her today. Again, for every need in this place, every need online today, God, we pray the ministry of your spirit that the living Christ would step in and speak and touch and heal and provide and minister in every way. So we thank you this morning. We thank you today. We thank you today. Hallelujah. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, come on. And everybody said, I don't hear you online. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a clap offering. Will you do that? Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated and we'll bring you this morning's announcements.
Good morning, She's Very First Assembly. My name is Sarah Bradley, and I wanted to just spend this time welcoming all of you. For those who are with us online and with us in the sanctuary, welcome, thanks for joining, and we're so excited to be with you today. If it's your first time with us, we want to know. If you're with us online, be sure to click the description in the link as we wanna send you something special, and of course, connect. If you're with us in the sanctuary, there is a welcome card in front of you to be filled out and dropped off on your way out, and don't forget to visit the hospitality desk as we want to give you something special. Every Sunday at 10 a.m., we have our worship service both in the sanctuary and online on our YouTube channel. And Kids Church is open for ages two to five years old, first to sixth grade, and the nursery is open for ages up to two years old. Please note that if you would like to attend church in the sanctuary, you will need to submit registration for both you and your kids. You can find the registration link on our website or on the e-bulletin. Now, the announcements for the upcoming week. There is room for you. We can now accommodate up to 100 people in the sanctuary. We hope you and your family will join us for an in-person service soon. Wednesdays at 7.15, we will continue our series, He Chose the Nails During Life-Changing Prayer. This series from Max Lucado observes the last moments leading up to Jesus' death and how he chose the nails. God was never more sovereign than in the details of the death of his son. We are all surrounded by messages in our culture that sound compelling, but are actually counter to the teachings of scripture. In the new men's Sunday school class starting Sunday, April 11th at 8.30 a.m., the men will be studying a book, God, You, and Sex, that searches the scripture to reveal God's heart toward us and his design for our sexuality. This book will speak to those who are single, engaged, married, divorced, or separated. Men, please come and join as you learn and discuss these important topics together. There are several ways in which you can give. You can give in person if you are with us in the sanctuary. You can mail it in to the church office. You can utilize our PayPal account, which can be found on our church website. Or you can utilize the Tidely app, which can be downloaded on both Apple and Android marketplaces. 2 Corinthians 9-7 says that God loves a cheerful giver. Thank you all for your generosity and your faithfulness. You can find all of this information on our church website at shoesburyag.com. Thank you all for being here with us today. God bless you and have a wonderful Sunday. Man, thank you, Sarah. Sarah's in the house here with us. I don't know, Sarah, as I watch, I see you smile. You just make me smile. Praise the Lord. Amen. And um, yeah, so it's so good to see some of you I haven't seen for like a year. It's so good to see some of you here today and um, so many here with us. And again, just to let you know, we have, as you heard, increased capacity here. We want you to come and worship together with us here in the sanctuary. Praise the Lord as, as, you, are, as you are able. And um, Wednesday night, as you saw, we're going to resume. I know we missed the last couple Wednesday nights, but we are, are going to resume our series with Max Licato and here. And so please um, come um, or be online with us. But it's, it's a great study as we continue to, to think of all Jesus has done for us on the cross. Amen. And again, thank you for your faithful giving. I just want to encourage you, maybe on this Easter Sunday, you would even give a special offering, a special gift to the work of the Lord um, to honor our Savior um, today. But thank, thank you for your giving, whether it's here in the sanctuary as you leave or, or online. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is a phone number that will come up during the service or maybe at the end, and that phone number is for you to to send your text messages um, to us um, with your prayer requests. And so we want to be able to pray for you this week. And so please send those prayer requests to us. Um, So again, Kim and I have missed a couple of weeks. Um, I know I was out first with my back and um, and then um, a little battle with COVID for the past three weeks or so. I'm so glad that we could come out of quarantine and be here with you um, this morning. And, um, of course, Pastor Gee was out last week as well. So we appreciated Pastor Jose and Madeline Rivera bringing their worship team to, to serve us last week. Weren't they a blessing? Amen. And so um, it's so good to have brothers and sisters in the Lord and we can partner together. In fact, this morning, Pastor Carlos is down helping another church that needed help with a translator to translate the sermon into Spanish. And so, um, so he went to um, be with them. So, um, yeah, we just, we just partner together as churches and as brothers and sisters in Christ. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, and I want to read for us verses 1 through 7. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. And the Bible says that when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Notice the angel said, go tell his disciples and Peter. And this morning I've entitled our message, and Peter too. And Peter too. May God bless his word to us. You see, if ever there was anyone who would have understood the joy of Easter, if ever there was anyone who had reason to rejoice over the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if ever anyone would have understood what Easter is really all about, it would have been Peter. And thus it was Peter who stood before the crowd on the day of Pentecost and preached concerning the man Jesus, whom the people had, as he said, put to death by nailing him to the cross, but whom God raised from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold of him. And it was Peter who cried out that day to the crowd, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. It was the apostle Simon Peter who later wrote in his epistle to the church, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, there was no other event in Peter's life that affected him more than the resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because it was at 
Peter's, you see, it was at Peter's greatest moment of despair, at Peter's greatest hour of need, at Peter's point of greatest failure, that the women brought back the message that the tomb was empty. They told of having seen an angel. They told of the angel telling them that Jesus had risen, that Jesus was alive. The angel told them to go and tell the disciples, and the angel told them to go and tell Peter too. Oh, can't you just imagine Peter's ears perking up? The angel said, go and tell Peter. The angel said, the disciples and Peter. The angel used my name. And I believe at that moment, something wonderful must have happened in Peter's spirit. Something must have been reborn deep within. For Peter was being singled out. To receive, to receive the news of God's greatest victory. Peter must have instinctually realized that this was God's way. This was Jesus' way of saying, hey, Peter, it's okay. I still love you. For when Peter heard that the angel said, go and tell the disciples and Peter, he he rightfully understood that God was reaching out to him personally, that in spite of his failure, in the midst of his despair, in spite of the way he had absolutely blown it by speaking Peter's name, the grace of God was being extended towards Peter. Of course, this wasn't the first time that Peter had experienced God at work in his life. As we read through Peter's life, as recorded for us in the Gospels, we find a man who repeatedly experienced God's love and grace through the person of Jesus Christ. We read of a man who, in spite of all of the roughness and toughness he exhibited, in spite of, of the fact that he often came across as, as, as a bullheaded, self-centered man, in spite of the fact that he usually ran around with one foot in his mouth, Peter knew what it meant to repeatedly experience the wonderful love and grace of our Lord being extended towards him. I want you to join me this morning as we do a little bit of a flyover of Peter's life that we might better understand the significance of the angel's words when he said, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Oh, over in Luke chapter 5, we, we, we first read there of, of Peter's calling of Peter's calling. We won't read it, but we find there that Jesus is teaching by the Sea of Galilee. Crowds begin to press in on him, and he gets pushed to the water's edge. Can you imagine? Jesus sees two boats whose owners were there not for the teaching. They're simply going about their work, minding their own business, taking care of their nets. And Jesus just happens to get into the boat that belonged to Simon Peter. And he begins, begins teaching from that boat. Oh, can't you just see Peter looking up from his nets and wondering what in the world this guy is doing in his boat? And at first, at first, he, he kind of like almost ignores Jesus, but you can kind of picture him looking at Jesus out of the corner of his eye. And when Jesus is done preaching and teaching, he tells Peter to push the boat out into the water and drop his net. And at first, Peter protests, claiming that, well, he's already been out all night fishing, and, 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 and he caught nothing. Well, eventually, Peter obeys Jesus, probably just out of obligation, not because he had so much faith. And the result is the catch of a lifetime. And Jesus has Peter's attention. 
For suddenly Peter realized that this was no ordinary teacher. Suddenly Peter found himself on his knees, faced with his sin and pleading with Jesus to go away lest he be judged. But instead of chastising and rebuking Peter, Jesus simply says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And the other gospel writers tell us that at that moment, Jesus said to Peter, come, follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. Well, you see, in that moment, Peter's life was changed. That in spite of the fact that Peter, yes, he was a sinner, but he heard Jesus' call to come into relationship with himself. In that moment, the grace of God came shouting through loud and clear to this sinner. In that moment, Peter's life was given a whole new purpose and direction. Rather than living his life resigned to boats, nets, and dead fish, he would follow in the footsteps of his new master, living his life as a fisher of men. For in that moment, Peter's whole identity was changed. For you see, in John's account, we read that when Jesus looked at Peter, he said, you are Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas or Peter. The rock, the rock. See, no longer would he just be Simon, but he would be Simon Peter, Simon the rock. And I have to believe that when Jesus mouthed those words, something was birthed in Simon's spirit. Something in Simon must have come alive. Simon was, was, was becoming Peter the rock. Old things were passing away. All things were becoming new. You see, Peter, like most of us, Peter was like most of us, except for the fact that not only did he stink of sin, but of fish as well. Well, guess what? The fish part is easy to clean up, is it not? But it's the sin part that's difficult. But in a moment's time, the grace of God was extended to Peter as Jesus called Peter to come and follow him. I want you to know that the same call comes to us today. Though no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus invites you to come to him. Listen, the Bible tells us we're all sinners. We all stink of sin. But Jesus invites us to come to him. Not that he would, he, he would bring the hammer down on us, but that we might experience his love and grace at work in our lives as we give ourselves to following him, that we might have our lives changed. Peter, we see... He heard and he responded to Jesus' call. Have you yet responded to his call? But secondly, we go to Matthew chapter 16. We read of Peter's confession. Matthew chapter 16. Let me read for us there verses 15 through 18. Where Jesus asked his disciples, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And so here we have another great moment in Peter's life as Peter answers Jesus' question, who do you say I am? And surprisingly enough, Peter comes up with an incredibly right answer. You're the Christ, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, can't you just picture the rest of the disciples stopping in their tracks and turning their heads towards Peter with eyes bulging, wondering what Jesus is going to say to that one? Can't you imagine them saying under their breath, whoa, Peter, where'd you come up with that? 
They had to have been stunned. But notice Jesus' response. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by Father in heaven. See, Peter the impetuous, Peter the rough and tough fisherman, foot and mouth, Peter, this Peter had received, listen, he had received a revelation from God, a revelation of Jesus as the Christ, as the Son of God. And thus Peter receives an incredible commendation from Jesus as Jesus says to him, you are Peter. It's a confirmation of the name he had been given back by the sea. You are Peter, the rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Listen, the answer Peter gave was not because Peter was so insightful. It was not due to Peter's great level of spiritual maturity, nor was it because Peter was so much better than, than any, everyone or anyone else. This was a revelation from God, a divine revelation of who Jesus, Jesus was and is. It was the grace of God that revealed to Peter this, this, this understanding of Jesus. And for when Jesus asked the question, God, by his spirit and by his grace, spoke to Peter's heart. What's so wonderful and awe-inspiring about all of this is the fact that someone such as Peter could experience the grace of God in such a way so as to receive such a revelation of Jesus and thus a commendation from him. For sure, this was God at work in Peter's life. And I want you to know this morning, each one of us here in this sanctuary and online, that Jesus wants to give each of us a revelation of himself. He wants you to know who he is. He wants you to grow in his knowledge of him day by day. And so as we walk with him day by day, as we spend time in his word, as we keep our hearts open to the Holy Spirit in prayer, we too, we, we, we can grow in our knowledge of who Jesus is. So like Paul, we might pray, oh, I want to know Christ. And have God answer our prayers. Listen, when we first come to Jesus, yeah, we, we're so thankful for what he does in our, in our lives. But how many of us know, right, our, our understanding and knowledge of him is so small. And listen, we will never understand him fully, will we? I mean, he's too magnificent. He's too infinite for that. But you and I, we can grow in our knowledge of him as we allow Jesus to reveal himself to us day after day, as we walk with him, as we talk with him. Jesus wants you to have a revelation of himself, maybe even today, a new understanding of who he is and what he can do in your life. But thirdly, this morning, we have to look at Peter's inconsistencies and failures. For there were those times when Peter comes out shining like a spiritual star, and there were those times when, well, Peter's spirituality and sensitivity to God seems to be about equal to the dead fish that he was used to hanging out with. In fact, most of us probably relate best to Peter, not in his shining moments, but as we see a life that is filled with seemingly endless trail of ups and downs as he followed Jesus. Oh, in Matthew 14, we read of how Peter goes from faith to fear. For Remember how on that night that Jesus came walking on the water of that storm-blown sea, that it was only Peter who was willing to get out of the boat and attempt to walk towards Jesus. Listen, we don't read of any of the other disciples attempting to step out of that boat, do we? I don't know if I would have stepped out of the boat, would you? 
But you see, it was Peter alone who had enough faith well up in his heart to the point that he was willing to step out onto that sea. And thus it was Peter alone that it was of Peter alone that it was written that he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. That's incredible. But as quickly as his faith grew, it shrank. As quickly as his faith caused him to walk on water, it was his lack of faith that caused him to begin to sink and cry out to Jesus to save him. And thus Jesus says to Peter, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And Jesus reaches out and he saves Peter from drowning. Peter goes from faith to fear like we do so many times in our lives. Peter goes in Matthew 16 from revelation to rebuke. For this very same Peter that we just read about, who had received this incredible revelation from God and, and this incredible commendation from Jesus, now receives the strongest and harshest rebuke as Jesus looks at him and says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. What happened? We see Jesus had begun to warn his disciples of his impending suffering and death. And once again, Peter speaks up, probably now because he received such a high commendation from Jesus. Probably now he has this new sense of confidence. After all, Jesus had, had just told him he had a revelation from God. He has this, and so he senses maybe this new newfound authority. But this time, however, Peter receives not a revelation or commendation but a rebuke, that Peter's words were not a revelation from God, but a tool of Satan. Imagine the shock when Simon Peter the Rock is called Satan, adversary, enemy. But let me note that as the story goes on there in that same, into the next chapter, we read of how six days later, Peter, along with James and John, is taken up the mountain and experiences the transfiguration of Jesus. That's incredible. This one who, yeah, he received this high commendation, but he also received one of the harshest rebukes from Jesus' lips. And yet Jesus, through his grace, is willing to take Peter, along with James and John, up that mountain and give him a fresh, even a greater revelation of himself. Well, as we go on, we come to Matthew 26. We see how Peter goes from courage to cowardice. And here we have, we might say, Peter's greatest failure. For in that chapter, we read that Jesus is at, his, at that last supper, that final Passover meal with his disciples, and he begins to warn his disciples of what is ahead that he's going to suffer and die. And Peter comes up with his, his great boast, saying, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Well, Jesus predicts that Peter will deny him three times before the rooster crows. And Peter counters, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. 
Well, most of us know how the story ends. That Eventually, Peter is sitting outside the place where Jesus is being questioned and tried. And three times that night, Peter is questioned regarding his relationship with Jesus. And three times, Peter denies any association with Jesus. The last time, even swearing, I don't know that man. And we read that at that moment, the rooster crowed, and Peter ran out of that place and wept bitterly. Can't you imagine this morning Peter's despair and confusion over the next few days? Imagine, if you will, Peter's grief that not only had he, like the rest of the disciples, lost to death his beloved master and friend, not only did he have to deal with the loss of all his hopes and dreams, but Peter had to face the fact that he, he had failed to the ultimate degree, that he had denied the one for whom he said he would die, that he had denied his most precious master, savior, and friend. Peter, the rock, the one who boasted of such courage, turned out to be the weakest of all. Peter was not a man of courage, but a confused coward. Peter was a failure. He had failed the rest of, his, of the disciples. He had failed himself. Worst of all, he had failed Jesus, the one for whom he said he would give his life. Well, thankfully, the story doesn't end there. Aren't you glad for that this morning? For as we go on, we see Jesus' grace and compassion and love extended towards Peter. But you see, the story doesn't end with a dead Jesus, and that's what we are recognizing and celebrating today. But nor does it end with a confused coward rejected by God. For you see, Jesus' new life would mean new life for Peter as well. And thus we read of Jesus' incredible compassion and grace and mercy and love being extended towards Peter. That's what I believe Mark 16, 7 is all about. That as we read earlier, Mark's gospel tells us that the women who visited the tomb, they came to the disciples with the message that Jesus, Jesus was risen. The angel again said, go and tell the disciples. And they were to especially tell the news to Peter, to Peter. And the gospels record that with that word, Peter, along with John, ran to the tomb. And Peter, you see, Peter had to go and see for himself. And when Peter got to the tomb, unlike John, who stopped outside the tomb, Peter went running right in. Now, listen, if you think about it, we may have thought that Peter, upon hearing that Jesus was alive, would have feared and would have run to hide from Jesus. But here's the thing. I think Peter knew better. He knew better than that. He sensed that when the angel mentioned his name, it wasn't a word of condemnation, but a word of salvation and hope that the grace of God was once again being extended to Peter through the living Christ. And so when he heard those words, go tell the disciples and Peter, something was birthed in his heart, in his mind, in his spirit. And he didn't run away from the tomb. He went running towards the tomb. I believe he knew that Jesus was reaching out to him. You know, in John 21, at the end of John's gospel, we read of the resurrected Jesus meeting his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And there by the seaside, he finds Peter in the very same situation as where he had first met him, having fished all night but having caught nothing. 
And Jesus, Jesus then performs the very same miracle that he performed to get G- Peter's attention the first time, a great miraculous catch of fish. And we're told that at that moment, Peter realized he's in the boat, Jesus is on the shore, suddenly this miracle takes place, and Peter realizes it was Jesus. He jumps out of the boat and went swimming and then running through the water to get to Jesus. And although we don't have time this morning to review in detail Jesus' conversation with Peter, I want us to note the way Jesus ends his conversation with Peter that day. As Jesus says to Peter once again, Peter, follow me. Come to me. Follow me. The very same words he had spoken to Peter at the beginning of their journey together. And it seems to me that the whole scenario there was set up for Peter. You see, it was a tangible way for Jesus to say to Peter, Peter, let's start over. I know all about your failure. I know the way you blew it. I knew how you denied me. But Peter, it's okay. I still love you. I still want you to follow me. I still want to use you. Peter, I still have have a great future in store for you. Peter, I want you to know my grace at work in your life once again. Peter, follow me. We might say that Jesus' new life meant new life for Peter that day. For rather than living the rest of his life filled with regret and failure and hopelessness, Peter would go on to live his life with hope and purpose and power because Jesus was alive. He too would live. It's no wonder he wrote in his epistle again, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Oh, come on, can someone say amen this morning? Hallelujah. So here's the thing, church. Those of you here with us and those of you online, you see, in many ways, we are all Peters, are we not? Just ordinary people filled with sin and failures and shortcomings and inconsistencies of all kinds, filled with disappointments and hopelessness and all kinds of pain. For we have all messed up in some way. And even after coming to know Jesus, how many of us know we too often blow it ourselves, do we not? With words we ought not say and thoughts we ought not think and living by sight rather than by faith and doing things we we ought not do and just allowing the things of the flesh to begin to dominate our spirits. So we're all like Peter. But here's the thing. The risen Christ has sent word to you and to me, even today, that he is alive, that he's alive. And because he is alive, we get to experience new life, a life filled with hope and purpose and power. Because he lives, we too can be born again and experience time and again the grace of God at work in our lives through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Well, I want to tell you today, no matter who you are, the message of Mark 16, 7 is for you. As the angel said, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Why don't you insert your name there? Go and tell the disciples and John and Joe and, and, and I don't know, Jamie, right? And Victoria and Nancy and Pastor Gee and Pastor Tim, you know, go and tell the disciples and Put your name there. Why? Because Jesus wants you to know that he is alive. And because he is alive, you too can know life. Oh, the resurrected Lord is calling you by name, inviting you to come and experience his empty tomb, no more than that, to experience him as your life-giving Savior. Jesus has sent word to us that because he lives, his life, His grace, His mercy, His love are available to us and to all who will believe even today. And so, so, no matter who you are, where you are, no matter what you've done, in spite of all your sin and your failures, Jesus, He calls to you, inviting you to come to Him, offering Himself to be your life-giving Savior to know his renewing work and his restoring work within your life, that old things would pass away, that all things would become new. Maybe today you find yourself in a place of great sorrow, like I, I prayed with our sister Bertita this morning. Oh, she can't help but feel sorrow this morning after 46 years of marriage, losing her husband. Maybe you're in sorrow today. Maybe you're in pain. Your heart's been broken. Your body has been broken in some way. Maybe you're sensing great fear as you look at what's happening in your life or even looking at the world around you. But Jesus calls you by name. He wants you to know. He wants you to know that he's alive. That he's alive. And that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is able to flow into your body, into your mind, into your spirit today and make all things new. Listen, as he reached out to Peter, so too he's reaching out to you. Will you respond to the living Christ today? Will you respond to him today? Come on, will you bow your heads with me as we pray? I'll ask the worship team to come. Maybe you're here today. You're here this morning with us, and you need the living Christ to step into your life today. Maybe you hear him calling to you today in the midst of your pain, your sorrow, your failures, even in the midst of your sin. But you hear him calling to you today, and, and you're ready to respond. And you would say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you today. I need you to make me new. I need you to give me new hope and new, new power. I need you to forgive me of my sin. I need you to lead me into the eternal life that you have for me. I need to know your life. If today you're here or maybe even online with us, and you say, say I'm ready to respond to the living Christ today. I'm ready to respond to him today, to give my life to following him that I might experience his life at work in me. Come on, if that's you right now, I just, with every head bowed, every eye closed, just lift a hand this morning. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? 
or maybe you're online and you would just like send into the text of number that will come up say yes I need Jesus you know however you want to put it Lord you see those whose hands are being lifted right now father just minister in the name of Jesus, just minister to them today. Your grace, your power, your love. Bring forgiveness of sin. Bring newness of life. Bring hope for eternity, oh God. We thank you that you know us by name. Every hair on our head, you know, you've counted. You know our comings and goings. And even in spite of our failures and our sins, you still love us. You offer to us your life. Maybe you're here today, again online with us, but you find yourself in a place of great disappointment, sorrow. Maybe you failed in some way. Maybe there's some pain that's coming to your life. Today, you need the risen Jesus to step into your life. You hear him maybe even calling you by name. You just say, Jesus, I need you today. Jesus, I need you today to come and to fill me with your life. Give me new hope. Give me your peace. Give me strength today. Fill my heart with, with a gift of faith. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hand right now and we can pray for you. You need Jesus this morning. You need the risen Christ to step into your life. Oh, God, again, you see each hand that's going up. You know each heart. You know each life. Those here in the sanctuary, those online. Father, I pray. I pray that, 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 that you would pour the life of Christ into us. That today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ would, would take on new significance for us. As we sense Jesus, the, our risen Savior, stepping into every situation of our lives and bringing his life to us in a new and fresh way. Oh, God, for those in sorrow, those in pain, those facing failure, lift them up. Renew them today. Restore them. Let the living Christ make their life completely new. Let the grace of God be extended through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, would you stand together? Come on, let's, let's thank the Lord this morning. Let's thank him this morning. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Just worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.